This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. George Burns and Gracie Allen entertained for over 40 years, coming up through vaudeville, then radio, the movies, and then to TV. Well, they're waiting in the wings to tell us the story of Gracie throwing a barbecue. But in our first segment, we'll go back to the 40s, 1942 to be exact, and catch another story about one of the fictitious heroes of the Old West, the Lone Ranger. And how about that mask he wore? And in order to keep his identity secret, he used the mask and never used his name, so he could go on after the gang. Now, the mask is, as the legend goes, cut from his dead brother's vest. He wears a mask that is the very symbol of the outlaws that the Lone Ranger must go after. Now, here's the episode entitled Thunder Morgan's Falls. Speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. the masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness have come down to us through the generations, and nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear, 
From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of a great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. There's trouble on the trail ahead. I'll Silver. Holler. Thunder Morgan was a giant of a man. He stood head and shoulders above any other man in town. And the stories of his tremendous strength put him in the same class with the legendary Paul Bunyan. Thunder lived under the constant fear of but one thing, and that was the wrath of Mrs. Pringle, who looked after the big fellow when he got in trouble, which he frequently did. For instance, tonight in the local cafe, Thunder was in a very ugly frame of mind. Barkeep, would you uh, mind repeating that last remark? Did I hear you say that you doubted my remarks about wiping out the Snake Bend gang single-handed? Oh, no, 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 Thunder, you wiped them out. I always said you did. All ten of them. Sure, all ten of them. Make it twenty. I always said that Thunder Morgan was a fighting machine. My cousin always uh, said... Hold on there. Huh? What's the matter with the present company? Why, why, well, nothing, nothing at all. I've tore the walls clear out of stronger buildings than this one. I've busted the neck of bigger men than you by just, just squeezing them between my thumb and one finger. Yeah. But you don't sure. like the present company. you got to drag your cousin in. Why don't you speak out like a man and say you don't like old Thunder Morgan, huh? Thunder, I never said anything about oh, not liking you. Oh, now you're calling me a liar. Oh, my sakes, a liar. I'm a liar, am I? Calling me a liar right to my face. Why, you mangy, low-living... Thunder. Listen to me, Thunder Morgan. Listen to and me. And now by the jumping, jingling juniper, he's giving me orders. Ordering me around like I was his slave. Just a minute. Eh? Well, now, who are you to butt your nose in? Morgan, get out of here. What's that? I said get out of here. Mrs. Pringle doesn't want you here when you're in one of your proddy moods looking for a fight. Boys, did you hear that? Telling me to get out. Yeah, cut off my ears. I've heard everything. Look here, stranger. Don't commit suicide in here. Last time Thunder had a fight, the whole place was wrecked. There'll be no fight. He's like a wild boy. Stranger, I'm calling on you to draw. Draw your gun or go back to the court and sit down. Oh, so you're yellow. I'm what? You have to depend on a gun. Oh, like fun I do, I'll show you. You miss. I'll show you. I'll knock your teeth down your throat. One for the stomach, one for the chin. Never in all my born days. You knock him down. All right. Get up, Morgan. Oh, what'd you hit me with? You want some more? Oh, no, no, wait. Let me get up. I, uh, I want to look at you. You're the first man that ever knocked me off my feet. Mrs. Pringle doesn't want you here when you're looking for a fight. Let me buy you a drink. All you've got to do is pay for the chair and table you smashed. The chair and table I smashed? Fell on them. Well, doggone it, who made me fall on him? All right, I'll pay. Here, barkeep, take this. If there's any change, buy a drink for this hombre. I'm going home and think this over. I don't know what's the matter with me getting down, knocked around that away. Reckon it must be something I hit. I gotta think it over. Nothing like that ever happened before. I'll buy a drink for the stranger. Drinks on the house. Well, you stranger, name your pints. Step up, boys. Come on. Hey, wait, stranger. Come back here. We want to speak to you. Which way did that big fella go, Tonto? Him go down the road, that way. Yeah, that's 
That's the direction of his home. Ah. Mrs. Pringle was worried about him. She said he's one of the most harmless men in the world. When he has a drink, he gets quarrelsome. Ah. He's always afraid you'll get in a shooting scrape. And... Those gunshots. Get up. Come on, get up there. Down that way. Get to the saddle. Uh, you want masks? No time. I'll put it on while I ride. He's a big fella. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. Right over that way, Tonto. See who was hit. I'll go after the rider. Come on, Silver. Get your horse and we'll corral the critter that shot him. Yeah. The sheriff is doggone strict about this sort of thing. Someone's going to get jailed for that shooting. Yeah. Come on, mount up there. Men from the cafe reined up in front of Thunder Morgan's house. They saw the giant sprawled on the ground, hit by two bullets. Beside him, knelt Tonto. A redskin. An engine shot thunder. Grab him. Lynch that redskin. Let me, let me through. Stand aside. Sheriff, it's Thunder Morgan. Redskin shot him. Officer Grant, stay here and help me. The rest of you clear out. Go on, Vamoose. Get him. We'll help you. You heard what the sheriff said, boys. Break it up. Go on away like the sheriff says. <clears throat> All right, redskin. Stand to one side. Let me take a look at the dead man. Him not dead. Why'd you shoot him? Me not shoot him. Land won't help you. Put a rope on him, boys. I'll tie the critter. You stand back. Me fix wound. I'm a hit bad. Maybe die. Take dies. the red skin away. You heard what I said. I'll stop the gun play in this town or die trying. Sheriff? Sheriff, what's happened? Now, how bad is Thunder Morgan hit? Water. Oh, boy, so. Oh, now, Ma Pringle, this is none of your affair. It is so my affair. Thunder's my friend. If anyone killed him, they'll deal with me. Well, this redskin shot him, but he's still breathing. Me not shoot him. This redskin? That's right. Why, this is Tonto. I don't care who he is. This is the friend of the Lone Ranger. Oh? Friend of the Lone Ranger? None other. Where is the Lone Ranger? Him right after fellow who shoot him. He'll be back soon. The Lone Ranger was in my place. I was telling him about Thunder Morgan. How the, the big galoot never means harm, but when he falls for a drink of liquor, he goes around asking for trouble. You are going to tell us the Lone Ranger was the one that called him in your cafe? Yes. He wasn't masked. He wore a disguise. What's he doing here? Well, hunting the critters that robbed the stage of Deadwood a few weeks ago. There was a lot of mail stolen, as well as a lot of folding money. Yes, I heard about that. The Lone Ranger heard that the crooks headed this way. He was talking to me. We'd met before, asking about newcomers to town. I see. How do you know it was a Lone Ranger? Red Grant, you never saw anyone else that'd stand up to Thunder like that man did a few minutes ago? I reckon that's right. Engine, you've been working over Thunder while we've been talking. What about him? Did he pull through? Uh, him live if him get good care. Then he'll get good care. Put him into his house and I'll take care of him. I'll see that he gets the best care he can get. You like the big galoot, don't you, Ma Pringle? Well, yes, I do. Oh, if only he wouldn't forget and take a drink. One drink and he's out for trouble. I've always been afraid that someone would shoot him someday. Sure, Grant, you take one shoulder, I'll take the other. Well, fish, you and the redskin take his feet. Oh, you open the door. We'll get him inside. All right. <laughs> Easy, boys. Left a light going here. Yeah, put him here in the box. Yeah, Ma, can you find us something to wrap up his wound with? Yes, I'll find something. Yeah. Tonto. Tonto. Uh -huh. Oh, 
we fix them. Hold on, Mrs. Pringle. What are you trying to cover up? Well, nothing. You made a grab at something, Mrs. Pringle. What was it? Now, see here, Grant. Let me see, Mrs. Pringle. It's a mistake. It's a mistake, I tell you. Thunder didn't do it. He... Oh, dear me. Look at this, Sheriff. Folding money in a sizable bundle of it. Yes. Yes, Thunder never had this much cash at one time in his life. Well, Sheriff, that stage robbery. Oh, well, let me see. I've got a handbill about it here in my pocket someplace. Wait till I see. You said there was some folding money stolen. Yes, but Thunder yeah, Here's didn't... a handbill. Hey, $3,000 of folding money stolen. He's getting conscious. Yes, Thunder, I'm here. I'm right here. You're asking for me. Uh, I never busted my word. What's that, Thunder? I didn't drink liquor, honest, I didn't. Oh, don't fib to me, Thunder. Oh, it's the truth. You've got plenty more than taking a drink to answer for. Oh, please, Sheriff, not That's now. as good a time as any. Where's the rest of the cash you stole from the stagecoach? What? I said, where's the stolen cash? You might as well speak up. The description says the thief was a mighty big man. At least one of the thieves was. We've got the goods on you, Morgan. The chances are one of his gang shot him for not splitting the cash. You better talk now, Morgan. Where's the rest of the money? And who is the rest of your gang? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I never touched a drink of liquor, not after promising Mrs. Pringle. Someone outside. Let's see who it is, Loftus. Maybe it's her own ranger. Sheriff, Sheriff, come quick. Tim, where'd you come from? Never mind the questions. Come on with me and come fast. You, you Redskin. Are you named Tonto? Uh-huh. He Tonto. Well, he wants you. He wants you right away. He's hurt. He may be dead. Who? Hmm. Well, the mask man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The uh-huh. Lone Ranger. He was shot. Uh-huh. Me go. Wait, I'll show you where he is. Oh, great day. The Lone Ranger shot. Come on, friend. Come on, Lopez. Oh, my sakes alive. What's going to happen next? First Thunder, and now the Lone Ranger. I heard him. Oh, Thunder, get back on that bunk. You're not able to walk around. Lie down now. Wait. Lone Ranger. He's the one knocked me down. Yes, but... Finest man alive. I'll kill the mangy skunk that shot him. Thunder, listen to me. You gotta listen to me. You're in trouble. The sheriff has evidence that you robbed the stage. Do you understand me? (sighs) I gotta sit down here. Give him a strength. Did you rob the stage? No more than I busted my word to you and drunk liquor. But you did take a drink. Just a little one. No, I didn't. Oh, Thunder, you know that ain't true. You come into the cafe just a spoiling for a fight. I don't know what happened. Don't know why I acted so. I know it only takes a swallow to make me get that way. That That's why I never touch a single solitary drop. I, I can't figure it out. Oh, Thunder, don't say any more. There's no use trying to make you tell me the truth. No use. In the open country, the moonlight fell on a tall masked man who lay on the ground near a big white stallion. Tonto was at the Lone Ranger's side, while the sheriff, Grant and Loftus, and the man called Tim stood back. I saw Thunder when the shot was fired. I thought I saw the critter running away. Disappeared into the valley, and I lit out after him. Then the Lone Ranger came up and caught me. Where'd the shot come from? A clump of cottonwoods some distance from Thunder's home. It'd take a good shot to go that far. I was sure I saw the gun flash. Two times at that. When the masked man was talking to me after catching me, there was another shot a long way off, and he fell. How is he, Tonto? Me not know yet. Tim, if that masked man dies, you hang. Uh, But, sir... Hang for the murder of the masked man and the shooting of Thunder Morgan. 
And maybe we'll tie you into a stage holdup. It's not Morgan's partner. Well, I didn't have anything to do with those things, Sheriff. Honest, I didn't. We'll see about that, Tim. Your story sounds mighty hard to believe. We take masked man to house, huh? Carry him. Plenty careful. Yeah, whatever you say. Whose house are we taking him to? Thunder Morgan. Engine, will he live? Tell me he will. He's got to live. Uh, we know by and by. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. our story. The Lone Ranger, wounded, was taken from the plains to Thunder Morgan's house, where Tonto dressed his wound and covered him with a blanket. Thunder was by this time fully conscious and badly confused. Oh, I tell you, Sheriff, I don't know what got into me. I didn't take a drink. Never mind that. Where's those big boots you're wearing, Winnie? Boots? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, sure, sure, I do. They're right over here in this box. Oh, sit still, Thunder. I'll get them. Unless you move around, the sooner you'll get well. Here they are. My sake's alive, they weigh a ton. According to the description here, the stage robber that was in charge of the gang wore boots like those. You can't pin that robbery on me. According to the information I got, you were out of town at the time of that robbery. Ain't got an alibi, have you? Well, no, no, I couldn't give an alibi. Like you're the one, Morgan. It is for you, Tim. I want more of your story. You say the shots that hit Morgan came from the cottonwoods over to the north. I'm sure I saw gun flashes there. Maybe you did. I did so, Loftus. That's why I rode that way. The Lone Ranger saw me riding from the house and started after me. The same one that shot Thunder Morgan fired on the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Praise be, he's conscious. Oh, yes. How bad is the wound? When the bullet was fired at long range, it was nearly spent. Long range, huh? The same as the shots that hit Morgan. That's uh, just what Timmy said. Sheriff, the Cottonwoods, take one of the men... Look for footprints there. But he's dark. He's burned torches. Right now? You you must go now. Tim will go with you and one of the men. All right, Tim. I'd go, Sheriff, only I've got a game leg and the night air is bad for it. I'll stay here on guard. I'll go along, Sheriff. All right, Grant. Loftus can stay here. Tonto will help you look for the footprints. Ah, me go. Well, come on, then. I reckon the Lone Ranger knows what he's asking us to do. He must have some reason for wanting the footprints found right away. I can show right about where I saw the gunfire. Well, Mrs. Pringle, I don't suppose there's much use of you waiting around any longer. Neither of these two are hurt as serious as they seem to be. Well, I wanted to... All right, then. I'll go. If you want anything, Thunder, get word to me. Poor creature. I can't believe you ever did anything wrong. Sheriff, the Lone Ranger has some plans. Well, I mean, he wants to be in the house alone. He just signaled me to leave. Him find stage robber, find killer. Plenty soon. Thunder Morgan is a robber. Him not robber. You come, we hunt footmark. Get him up. Loftus watched the men riding away in the distance. When they had disappeared over the horizon, he walked back into the room where the Lone Ranger and Thunder Morgan were left because of their wounds. Neither of the two men was seriously injured. 
Loftus had been left to guard Morgan, who was suspected of a stage robbery. Making a tour of the room, Loftus barred the windows and doors, paused for a moment beside the table where Thunder's medicine was kept, and then walked over to the Lone Ranger. I suppose you've got a pretty definite idea about this stage robbery, huh? Yes, Loftus. Pretty definite idea. That's good. I'd hate to think poor old Thunder was a real crook. He isn't. But the facts are sure stacked against him. Perhaps not as high as you think. How's that? The guard on the stage described the robbers. Yeah? He told how one of them was a giant of a man, but uh, he didn't remember that the giant wore high boots. What's that to do with it? Might have a lot to do with it. You see, there were other footprints found at the scene of the crime. What? We'll wait. It's important that the sheriff find the footprints. Mm. Thunder, I sure would like to see you go free. I sure would. Where are you going? Your medicine. It's time to take it again. Oh, that doggone stuff. Now, you know what you promised Mrs. Pringle. I know, but I'm going to do without it now. Promised her that you'd never touch another drop of red eye. That medicine has helped you to keep your promise. I don't take no stock in that sort of thing. It's the same. You better take a dose. Here, I'll pour it out for you. Oh, I don't want it. Let me give it to him. Well, if you want to. Well, now, see here, that stuff is no good. Ask Loftus for a cup of water. Hey, Loftus, I gotta have water to drink after that stuff to take the taste away. Kino, I'll get you water. Listen to me, Morgan. Make me leave you drink it and act as if you're starting a fight. For what? Do what I say. Here's your water. <coughs> Hurry up, give it. Oh, I took it already, huh? Good for you. Oh, stuff sure tastes awful. Yeah, it's doing you good, though, Thunder. You keep on with it. Maybe if it's proved you didn't have a hand in the stage robbery, you'll win with a Pringle. Huh. What's the matter, Thunder? Why are you looking at me? Why not? You're the one that knocked me down. Yes, of course I did. Made me pay for a table that I busted when you knocked me down. That was fair enough. It's a good thing he hasn't got his gun on, Thunder. That's right, he don't have his gun, does he? Sit down, Morgan. We started something that wasn't finished. You remember that? Go ahead and finish it. My juniper, I got a notion I'll lay you across my knee and bust you in two. I got a notion to tie you into a knot and wear you around my neck. <laughs> Careful, Thunder. That man's a fighter. Don't forget that he knocked you down. I ain't forgetting. I'm remembering. Where's my shooting iron? Right there on the shelf. Then I'm going to finish what was started a while ago. Meanwhile, the sheriff, Tonto, and the rest of the men had followed Tim back to the spot where he said he had seen Thunder fire the shot that wounded the Lone Ranger. They spent some time searching around the cottonwood grove where Tim had seen the gun flash, but to no avail. Tonto seemed to join in the search only half-heartedly. Most of the time, his attention was focused on the house where Thunder and the masked man had been left. Then suddenly... If that wasn't a gunshot, I'm crazy. And from the house, it was over there. Never mind the footmarks. Come on, back to the house. Wait. Engine, we got to wait. There's another shot. Oh, we've got to get there. Wait. Watch for signal. There was only three of them there. If there's one more shot, there'll be none to give a signal. What kind of signal? Wait. Watch window. For how long? Now, now we go there. You come. Hey, let's travel. Come on, get up. Quickly, the men mounted their horses and rode at top speed back toward the house. There were two things that none of them could understand. Who had been firing the shots that interrupted their search? Why was Tonto so interested in some signal from the window? When they reached the house, the sheriff was the first to open the door. He stood speechless for a moment when he saw the prone figures of two men stretched on the floor. Then... Look, Sheriff, thank goodness you got back. Hey, Gans, what's happened here? Him shot. It was awful. Look, look at this bottle of medicine. It's stuff that Thunder Morgan was drinking. Who shot these two? Thunder Morgan shot the masked man. He was going to shoot me, and I fired in self-defense. I don't think he's dead. Maybe just winged. 
I tried to wound him, not kill. Doggone. What happened? Look at this stuff. This medicine the Thunder was drinking. I knew about that. Something Mrs. Pringle fixed, so he wouldn't hang it for red eye. But this is red eye. What? Look, smell of it. Taste it. There's no mistake in it. The big bluffer kept liquor in this bottle. Why, he took a drink right under our noses. Then he got ugly. You can see for yourself that he was drinking. Uh, thunder, you doggone old fool. The fine you got into trouble. And the murder you done was about the worst you could have done. Uh, you maybe get Mrs. Pringle now. Me? Ah. Uh. Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll go get her right away. I won't be long. Well, see here. Wait, wait. Let me watch him. It's all right, Tonto. I'm watching him. <laughs> He's alive. After I was brought here, I made the most of the fact that some of you thought I was unconscious. Go ahead. And when I saw you, you weren't shot. I put blanks in both guns. Yippee! Oh, dear, well, it all let me in on things. You'll know all about it in a minute, Thunder. There's something else that must be done. Thunder, if you shot at the old ranger... He didn't shoot at me, Sheriff. He just made believe he was drunk. Loftus fired at me after he tried to make Thunder do it. And Loftus shot at Thunder. Thunder had been told to make believe he was killed. But all that talk about the boots, my hide. Now, Grand Sheriff and Toto, come with me. Thunder and Tim will stay here. In the Cottonwood Grove, Loftus hurriedly scraped the ground at the base of a tree with sticks. Then, walking backwards, he scraped out his marks of his own feet made. That's enough, Loftus. What? This isn't the way to Mrs. Pringle's home. You! Get your hands up. Loftus, you're scraping out footprints. Wait, I, I had an idea. I, I thought... You thought you were trapped. But, it's a mask, man. Now, now, wait. There's something I've got to explain. There's a lot for you to explain. Get back to the house. Oh, see... Get your hands up. Go ahead and fire. I won't be taken alive, Savvy, that. Stand where you are, I'll shoot. I swear I'll shoot. Go on and shoot. You killer. Oh. Now carry him to the house. Put him there on the floor. Yeah. Uh, we're still blanks in his gun. Of course. Get up, Loftus. Throw some water on him. Uh-huh. Need get water. I hope it's good and cold. Uh, yeah. This bring him to in a hurry. <laughs> Look at him floundering like a hook fish. Let me out of this. Loftus, when you thought your footprints would betray you, you tried to kill us. And you tried to rub out the prints you made when you fired at Thunder. Now, now, wait. You were one of the stage robbers. You tried to frame Thunder by putting liquor in his medicine bottle. You thought people would suspect him and they'd found he'd been drinking again. You planned every step trying to frame Thunder Morgan. Now, listen. Let me talk. Here's something you can see. I... I admit it. The Lone Ranger's got it right. You gave yourself away when you planted the stolen money here in Thunder Morgan's home. How'd you know? Otto saw you. His back was to you, but he faced that mirror on the wall. That doggone mirror. I'll confess it. Confess? We got you without a confession. I didn't intend to shoot Thunder. He came back sooner than I thought. I had to plant the cash, but I didn't have the chance. You were in the cottonwoods? Yes. And uh, you used a rifle for long-range shooting. Yes, I did. Well, there's one hope for you, Loftus. You can name the men who helped you and tell where the cash is hidden. Then a jury might show mercy. Oh, wait. I got a better way in that. Now I'm fighting mad without no red eye. Why, you dirty, mangy, sawed-off skunk. Now hold him. Keep him back. Wild horses couldn't keep me back. You squeal or I'll tie you into a knot and wear you around my neck. I'll talk. I'll talk. Wait. This is how it happened. Well, we're finished here, Donna. Well, Sheriff, take over now. It was Lefty and the Redhead. We fixed it to look like Lefty was real tall by patting him out and standing him on stilts. Oh, that accounts for it, Tonto. They stood a man on stilts and had him padded to be as big as Thunder Morgan. Easy, big fella. Well, that's one frame-up that backfired. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. 
Oh, now. It'll be all right when we get to camp where we can rest. Come on, boy. I'm still there. feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Stay tuned for George Burns and Gracie Allen next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for George Burns and Gracie Allen, and we're about to hear the story of Gracie throwing a barbecue. This morning in the Burns home, and as George sits down to breakfast, he is greeted by some wonderful news from Gracie. Eat all the bacon you want, George. Our meat shortage is over. How come? Well, I just got a letter from Cousin Ellie on the farm. They're sending us a hog. I don't believe it. That's the same Cousin Ellie who said she was knitting me a white sweater. But I never got it. Well, Grandpa wouldn't let her send it. Why not? Well, you know how nearsighted Nellie is. Grandpa was dozing while she worked on the white sweater, and she knitted his beard into it. <laughs> I see. Mama says he's very attached to it. <laughs> probably never see the hog, either. Oh, yes, you will. Here, I'll read you the letter from Nellie. Uh, dear Cousin Gracie, I will make this short, as we are very busy butchering all the hogs right now. That is all but Nellie and Francis. They're hogs? I thought your cousins were named Nellie and Francis. Well, Uncle John always gives his hogs the same names as his children. Oh, isn't that confusing? Well, certainly not. You get to know them. You can tell them apart easily. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I'll read on. Uh, last night, Francis had 12 little ones with the cutest curly tails. Well, you see, now that couldn't be my cousin. <laughs> She's not married. <laughs> no comment. Read on. Uh, Mama 
told Papa to make some brine and get the pig's feet pickled. But Papa thought she said wine and got pickled first. <laughs> get to the part where they give us the heart. All right. Here it is. We are sending you Henry. Henry is the biggest boar in Jackson County. Boar? Yes. I, I called Meredith Wilson, who used to live on a farm, and he said a boar is a lady pig's husband. Oh. <laughs> Henry is probably the father of those 12 little ones. Yes. Yes. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Henry should arrive there Thursday the latest. Thursday? Mm -hmm. That's today. I better go out and rent a freezing locker. Come in. Hello. Oh, hello, Meredith. Hi, man. Hey, Gracie, why did you phone and ask me all those questions about pigs? Oh, George and I are going to have one. Well, congratulations, George. <laughs> Her cousin is sending us one to eat. Oh, I see. Going to eat one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll, uh, it'll probably be a little short. Well, who cares if it's short as long as it's fat? <laughs> It's, uh, it's not a shoat, Meredith. We're getting a boar. Oh. Well, if I may offer a little advice, a boar is not as tender as a hog of the opposite, if you pardon expression, sex. <laughs> when we had a boar, we always barbecued it. Say, that's an idea. We could have a big crowd over and barbecue Henry in the backyard. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, how do you barbecue a boar, Meredith? Well, uh, first you hit him over the head with a mallet. Then you scald him with boiling water and uh, put a metal rod through him and suspend him over a bed of hot coal. My. And then you put an apple in his mouth. Well, isn't, isn't that a little late to try making friends with him? <laughs> Don't bother explaining it, Meredith. Well, uh, by the way, Gracie, I'd be glad to make the barbecue sauce for you. Oh, thank you, Meredith. Where did you learn so much about cooking? Well, uh, my folks had one of those little combination gas stations and cafes. We lost money, though. How come? I never could figure why. I painted a huge sign which should have attracted customers. It said, uh, eat here and get gas. Meredith, <laughs> uh, business was bad because of that sign you painted. Yes, it should have been neon. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. People didn't know the place was open at night. Exactly. Yes. Tell your folks to put up a neon sign that says, Eat here and get gas all night. <laughs> you two should be in business together. <laughs> Goodbye, Meredith. Goodbye, all. See you at the barbecue. See you at the barbecue. <laughs> George, here comes my Texas friend, Mr. Judson. We'll invite him to our barbecue. Okay. Gee, to look at that cowboy, you'd, ne you'd never think he had $23 million. Come in. Howdy, little lady. Oh, hello, Mr. Judson. Howdy, little man. Hi. Well, I'm glad you dropped in, Mr. Judson. We're having a barbecue tonight, and you're invited. Well, I thank you kindly. I ain't been to a barbecue since I left Texas and come to the territories. <laughs> Did you have lots of barbecues down there? Yep, yep, just for a lift. We had a fine one. Barbecued 5,000 pounds of pork. Goodness. How many pigs did you cook? Just one. <laughs> you trying to tell me that Texas pigs weigh 5,000 pounds? Only when they're the runt of the litter. 
You must be the richest guy in Texas. Oh, shucks, no. Down there, I'm what we call fixed, comfortable. Just begging along with my $24 million. <laughs> last time I saw it, it was $23 million. Yeah, yeah. Well, last week, my youngest boy was playing mumbler peg. The knife stuck into the ground a mite deeper than usual, and up come another darned oil well. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a shame. <laughs> Say, uh, when we have a barbecue in Texas, we celebrate high, wide, and handsome. Uh, do you mind if I bring my forty-five along and do a little sociable shooting? No, not if you watch where you shoot. Oh, I'll just fire up in the air. I wouldn't waste a Texas bullet on you aliens. <laughs> okay, bring the gun. Yeah, well, I'll be moseying along. George, that was Blanche Martin. Oh, are you leaving, Mr. Justin? Yep, to get ready for your barbecue, little lady. Your husband says I can bring my old 45 along. Well, of course, we want to meet you, wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like your sense of humor, ma'am. I'll be seeing you. From the latest Strauss's picture, country style, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra. to invite to our barbecue, and it comes to 47. 47? Mm-hmm. Hope we'll have enough pork to go around. Oh, I'm sure we will. After all, the letter says that Henry is the biggest boy in Jackson County, and I've only invited our closest friends. There'll be the, uh, the eight girls from the Beverly Hills Uplift Society and their nine husbands, and then there'll Wait be... 
<laughs> the eight girls have nine husbands? Well, no, not actually. You see, Blanche Morton's son is 21 now, and it would embarrass her to admit that she has a grown son, so she tells people she has two husbands. <laughs> and that saves embarrassment. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then there'll be Mr. Judson and his wife, and Dr. Miller and his wife, and Meredith Wilson and the woman he's engaged to. Meredith is engaged? Yes. Oh, he's such a gentleman. He was walking behind this perfectly strange woman, and suddenly she turned around. So? Their noses bumped, and he thinks he ought to marry her. <laughs> what a small. And then I'm asking Bill Goodwin, of course, and that'll mean 15 more people. Fifteen? Well, he'll bring the women he's engaged to. <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, of course, I'm inviting Cary Grant. I don't think he'll show up. Why not? He's going to be on our radio program next week, and we can talk about it. Gracie, you upset Cary Grant. You always do something to him. You know what? What? <laughs> I'm going to need to. <laughs> well, that's my list. Now, you run next door and invite Dr. Noah and his wife, and I'll go buy the trimmings for the barbecue. Be sure to get some charcoal. What for? So we can have a charcoal barbecue. Oh. Well, all right. I'll get some charcoal for you, but the rest of us will eat pork. <laughs> I know you psychiatrists keep pretty busy, Dr. Miller, but Issy and I hope you'll take time off and bring your wife to our barbecue. Oh, I'd be delighted. May we bring the children? Sure. I didn't know you had children. Oh, yes. Thomas, aged eight, and Linda, aged ten. They're at school now. Bet they're a cute pair of kids. Well, in the parlance of my profession, I'd describe them as possessing a normal adolescent behavioristic pattern combined with pronounced extroversion and complete immunity to parental stimuli. <laughs> what does that mean in plain language? They're little stinker. <laughs> You're joking. Unfortunately, I'm not. <laughs> Did many children come to your door on Halloween and say, trick or treat? Yes. Mine were the ones who said, money or murder. Someone <laughs> <laughs> with the curve. <laughs> Which reminds me, Mr. Burns, does living next door to a psychiatrist worry you? No. Oh, why should it? Well, suppose one of my patients wandered into your house by mistake. You wouldn't know how to handle a person with peculiar mental app. Forgive me, I forgot about your wife. <laughs> it's okay. Well, now I've got to run down to the depot and see if our pig has arrived from the farm. See you at the barbecue. <laughs> Thank you.
Gerald. How do you do? I'm Henry. That's nice. I finally got here. So I see. Isn't anybody going to kiss me? <laughs> kiss you? This is the Rice house, isn't it? Obviously. Come in and lie down on the couch. Oh, thank you. That's fine. Put your suitcase right down there. Uh -huh. Now, suppose you tell me your full name, who sent you, and why you're here. Well, my name is Henry Allen, and my folks sent me because I'm the biggest boy in Jackson County. Well, I'm sure we can straighten you out, Henry. They want me to stay with you and Cousin Gracie as long as you'll have me. Cousin Grace? Oh, you're looking for Mrs. Burns. Uh, yes, sir. We're from the same family. You brought me not to guess it. <laughs> I thought you were a patient. Gracie lives next door. I, I don't think they're home right now, but you go on over and you make yourself comfortable. Oh, thank you. And, um, I'm sorry I'm not a patient. That's all right. I have a feeling you will be. <laughs> And so it happened that when George arrived home, he saw a strange man sitting in the living room. Hmm. Must be someone Gracie invited to the barbecue. Hello. Hey, Joe. Did I come to the right house? Yeah, this is it. Well, isn't anybody going to kiss me? <laughs> now, we're just having a barbecue. Uh, I brought you a big jar of watermelon rind preserves. Oh, you didn't have to do that. Oh, yes, I did. Mama made me. Well, where is it? I got hungry and ate it on the way. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't intend to, see, but I dropped my suitcase and the jar broke and the preserves ran all over my clean socks. And how did you eat it? It wasn't easy. <laughs> I, I, I still got some yarn stuck in my teeth. <laughs> You, you ate your socks? Well, I didn't want to let the preserves go to waste. Look, uh, I got to dig a barbecue pit in the backyard. Gracie will be home pretty soon. Oh, thank you. Gracie and her crazy friend. Yeah. Are you Gracie? Yes. I'm your cousin Henry. Not little Henry Allen from back on the farm. Yeah. Isn't anybody going to kiss me? <laughs> well, of course. Jay, I'm glad the other two turned me down. Well, I suppose you left the pig at a crate out of the station. The pig? Yeah, but we, we could talk about him later. Let me look at you. Little Henry Allen. Well, we haven't seen each other since we were in diapers. Yeah. You look different now. <laughs> well, I dress more conservatively. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, just think, the last time we were together, we were both two years old. Now I'm almost 30. Yeah, and I'm almost 18. <laughs> I guess time drags here in the city. <laughs> 
everyone on the farm. Oh, fine. Grandpa said to thank you for sending him that money to buy glasses. Uh-huh. Well, Grandpa needed glasses. A man his age shouldn't drink out of a bottle. <laughs> well, let's get down to the station and get that pig you brought. I didn't bring any pig. Because Nellie said that they were setting the biggest bar in Jackson County. That's me. Oh. Oh, Henry. Oh, this is terrible. We're planning a barbecue. Forty-seven people are going to drop over. Forty-seven? Yeah, make it forty-eight. When George hears about this, he'll drop over, too. <laughs> Wilson and his orchestra playing that song about Ancher. George is all unaware that the Henry he's been waiting to barbecue turned out to be Gracie's cousin. So he's in the backyard now, busily digging a barbecue pit. Hi, George. Oh, hello, Bill. What are you digging the hole for? Bill, into this hole, as you call it, is going the biggest boy you ever saw. Oh, George, don't do it. We love you. <laughs> Relax. That boar that's going in there is the kind that just eats, sleeps, and grunts. George, don't do it. We love you. <laughs> Look, comedian, the yeah. hole is not for me. Gracie's relatives are sending us a pig from the farm, and we're going to have a barbecue. You're invited along with your fiancé. Oh, all of them? Fifteen. I got to leave six at home? <laughs> now, do me a favor and ask Gracie if she's got everything ready for the barbecue. Oh, okay, George. And, oh, Bill. Have, uh, have you got a gun I can borrow? What for? To shoot the ball. George, don't do it. We, we love you. No, Bill. Everything is not ready for the barbecue. My relatives made a terrible mistake. Well, what, Gracie? Well, they sent my cousin Henry here instead of a pig. I don't. <laughs> Gee, Gracie, that's a mistake anybody could make. Oh, Bill, if George finds out, he'll throw a fit. Well, you just have to drive out to the country and get a pig. Well, there isn't time. Oh, dear, what? Oh, I've got it. I'll build one. 
You, you'll uh, build a pig? I tell. Well, certainly. I'll go to the butcher shop. <laughs> and I'll get the parts and put them together. Oh, Gracie, how do you dope out these ideas? Well, with my brain, it's easy. Nobody's got a dopier brain than I have. Yeah. Well, Henry, here are all the parts the butcher sold me. Now, let's hurry up and build this pig before George comes in the house. What do we start with? Well, we better start with the feet. All right. I'll put the pig's feet right here on the floor. No, they don't look right. No, they don't. Would it help if we took them out of the jar? Yeah, Now, here are four hams for the legs. What comes next? The sides. Oh, oh, here they are. The butcher only had one side of pork, so I bought that and one side of mutton. (laughs) Won't that be noticeable? No, no. We'll tell George that this pig is pork on his father's side and mutton on his mother's side. (laughs) What an idea. And what comes next? The head. Oh, well, I couldn't get ahead, so we'll take this cantaloupe and put a pair of glasses on it. Well, can't your husband tell a cantaloupe from a pig's head? Not if we use his glasses. <laughs> now, um, where will we put these sausages? I oh, I know. We'll hang them on the head for curls. There. Cousin Gracie, I've called a lot of pigs, but nothing like this ever answered. <laughs> No, we're not finished yet. Now, let's see. We'll take the pork chops and put them here and hang the bacon from his ribs. Well, Gracie, I finished digging the barbecue. What is that? That's our pig. What happened to it? Oh, well, the poor thing was walking here from the station, and um, it tried to cross Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) Holy smoke. Henry is the worst-looking mess I've ever seen. That's what everybody says about me. (laughs) You? Who are you? I'm Henry. But you can't be Henry. They said he was the biggest boar in Jackson County. You haven't known me very long. (laughs) Gracie, is he what they sent us from the farm? Yes, George. He's my cousin once removed. And I think it'll be soon he'll be twice removed. (laughs) You're not kidding. Henry. Yes, sir? Stick this apple in your mouth and follow me to the barbecue (laughs) place. Gentlemen speaking, this is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Lights Out, followed by My Favorite Husband. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.